0: Ah oh, to the outpost, I am SR1122B, your server droid. Oh, what happened to the last server? Well, they had an unfortunate run-in with the Empire, which is really no surprise when you think about it, as they did break many codes and violations. How might I be a service to you? Of course, the Ziff Dockers are in the back, but let me warn you, this establishment can be considered a bit rough, as my programming would tell me, to say to you, as you do appear to be maybe a minor? If you were though, I would have to advise you to listen elsewhere, because some of the things spoken in this establishment are a bit, hmm, harsh for younger auditory sensors. Anyways, in the back room is the Sith Talkers. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, Sith and Jedi, rebel scum, and loyal to the Empire. This is Sith Talk, the show where we talk about all things Star Wars from all parts of the galaxy. I am your pilot, Sammy B, and joining me at the drinking table, as always, he is the Lord of Lore. It is Zach Chrisman. Zach, welcome to 2021. It's a crap shoot already. The world is falling apart.
1: Yeah, I mean, depending on your outlook, it's definitely uh, looking that way. I am pretty much staying away from all... um, topics that really aren't star wars or fandom at this point just because i gotta i gotta have a different mindset and a different outlook and i can fight with people online till i'm blue in the face but at the end of the day it's not going to change anybody's perspective so honestly i've just been nerding out doing what i'm always doing nerding out working out loving fandom living life in a bubble. (laughs) <laughs> because that's really all you, that's all you can do or at least that's all I'm gonna choose to do because you know it, 2020 was good for you know three days and it can still be amazing. I just I gotta ignore some things so it, it, yeah, wow, crazy, crazy world um, that we're living in right now, but there's a lot of exciting exciting things going on and you know I think f- for right now, that's where my head's gonna be, uh, Sam. How have you been doing aside from our crazy world? Just your immediate life. Um,
0: I have been busy, which is which is weird to say, cause I didn't think I'd be this busy. But I, uh, I mean, I had a nice Christmas. Uh, I mean, it's, I'm gonna say as nice as you could have. Um, I know we took. Yeah, it was just weird. Out, it worked out weirdly with our schedule that. We kind of took off like a holiday break for Sith Talk. And then we each did our own independent shows, which I definitely wanting to hear what you have to say about what you did. Um, I did a show with Brandon and Lindsay, and we just kind of talked about 2020 as a whole and the things we're excited about for 2021. And um, we got my wife's grandparents a, um, a 8mm film converter so one thing I have been doing a lot of recently is watching old footage from like, um, I think the the time span is like 1954 to like 1964, but it's been really cool to just kind of look back at history and see my wife's family and just what they've been doing. So that's really cool. I have been doing so much prep for the Great Lakes Truck Series that launches this Wednesday. And guys, Sith Talk sponsoring a truck. We got William Calhoun behind the wheel of the Sith Talk ninety nine. He's going to tear it up. He's definitely going to beat me, but that's why Sith Talk is on his truck and not mine, because we want Sith Talk to win and look good. So I mean beyond that I've just been trying to get by, you know? Um I've been making a lot of paints for the league. Just doing a lot of admin stuff for that. And really that's just kind of been my life is uh, converting old film and uh, a lot of prep work for the league that launches this Wednesday, which is going to be really great to kind of have that going finally. But t- tell me about what you've been up to. You've done some cool stuff.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean I uh, I got around to well, I mean, I've, I've been kind of busy too so I've been doing a lot of powerlifting lately, which has been like so unbelievably taxing. Uh, my brother-in-law stayed At our house for three weeks and he's training to be a chiropractor so we got adjusted like every other day for nothing so my back feels good but also feels like shit because I've been using it a lot but um, I've been just kind of um, I'm I'm really excited for WandaVision which comes out this Friday which is the uh, Disney Plus Marvel show Um, but aside from that I've really just been I, I got done playing cyberpunk uh, twice, not complete run through, but like two different endings. I went back and kind of scrubbed up. But I've just been, I've, I've been honestly really enjoying uh, a lot of Star Wars lately. It's, it's kind of weird how even six months ago my Star Wars love was totally different than what it is now. And it's just by having great content it is revitalized. So I spend a lot of my time when I'm not doing, you know, workouts or other random things. I'm, I'm rewatching rebels again. And like, I'm looking up different videos, different source information. Um, it's not because we're on sit talk that I, I mean, I really mean it. I've just been really looking up and watching a lot of star Wars content and going back over rebels again, has been really nice because one of my best buddies, he, uh, <clears> he, <throat> Was always into the Marvel movies. And because of The Mandalorian, he is now really into Star Wars. He finished Clone Wars in like three weeks. He started Rebels. And he just started listening to Light of the Jedi. So um, just a lot of Star Wars revitalization. We're going to talk about a lot of that later. Um, But with that being said, I was thinking... I would uh, get to a couple things that we haven't talked about yet before we get into stuff like today's episode we're going to be talking about the finale of The Mandalorian since me and Sam haven't actually been able to talk about it. At the end of the episode we're going to talk about Light of the Jedi just in case you haven't read it uh, and you want to turn it off at the end of the show you can. We want you to enjoy hanging out with us so we're not going to talk about light of the jedi until the very end so it's a clean stopping point for you if you have not finished it but we got tons to talk about and i'm gonna get right into it so this just broke on tuesday or monday that lucasfilm games is now a thing the future of star wars video games star wars has officially announced that their star wars gaming titles will fall under one roof lucasfilm games Moving forward to celebrate that, they have released a sizzle reel in which they put together footage of all the games that have been released since the Disney acquisition back in 2012, and from the upcoming Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Additionally, they have created social media channels on Facebook and Twitter. Um, Lucas... Games said, uh, Lucasfilm's legacy in gaming uh, stretches back decades, and with Lucasfilm and the galaxy far, far away and entering a new and unprecedented phase of creativity, so will the world of Lucasfilm Games, developed in collaboration with the finest studios across the industry. Sam, how do you feel about this? This
0: honestly makes sense, and it's, it's kind of like, I feel like a long time coming, but I'm glad that we're here, because... You know, they Star Wars is great with scope. There's so much you can do with Star Wars, and the fact that they're they're really committing to the the gaming world shows that we can go a lot of different places. And you know that I, I feel like you know just tying themselves to different um, you know different gaming production companies was was fine. But they we, Lucas. Lucasfilm used to make great games, so let's do that again. You know, um, I'm just—it's exciting news, but there's definitely a lot more I need to read up on it. Because, I mean, I—I I was busier at work today, and I mean, again, this this broke just today, so I actually need to sit down and read it through a little more thoroughly, and you know, really analyze it fully. But everything sounds good, you know.
1: All you must analyze is your thoughts, because that's exactly what information. It's been given so far. Um, no no that that's really it. Um, I think it's a great I think it's a great move. I think it's a move that they have known they were gonna do for uh, a couple years now. It's no secret that if you look into the details of Star Wars um, games, uh, Star Wars, especially Bob Iger at one point was threatening to pull the plug with EA. When they were trying to get all these different microtransactions for Battlefront 2. or No, it was Battlefront 1 and a little bit of Battlefront 2, I believe. But they haven't been happy with EA for a long time. And if you ask me, EA didn't really live up to what they could have. Now Star Wars gets to, you know, pitch these things like they do the movies. A company comes to them or they go to them and say, Hey, we're looking for this, 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 and this type of game. But we want it to be Star Wars, and then they can work together as a case-by-case partnership instead of a lockdown contract with EA. I, I never understood it in any way, but, you know, with everything that's going on right now, it, it kind of seems like the 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 smart move. And, Sam, I'm just now realizing when you asked me what I've been up to Star Wars related, I forgot to talk about my interview with uh, Aryo Ananato. Um, yeah, no,
0: tell me more, tell me more.
1: Well, it's actually a funny story. I ended up thinking that our interview, because he's in Indonesia, I thought it was that I had to get up at 3 in the morning to talk to him, only to find out that I had gotten all the the, the stuff wrong because, like, Mark wakes up at a different time, Aryo would be up at a different time, and I would. So I mixed up one of our times, and I went to go record at 3 a.m., You can't keep me up past 1.30 a.m. And I realized that it was the wrong time, and I actually had to record at 5 a.m. So I stayed up another two hours and was completely dead through the whole thing. I mean, I mustered it up, and I was very excited to talk to him. And I will say this. I I will say I have looked at his work with the High Republic comic. I have already read Issue 1, Kevin Scott and Ario, And there's a lot of passion behind it he's definitely somebody who loves star wars the same way we do and when we have him back on i want to talk more about those kind of details because he was so open about a lot of different things with his excitement of star wars and you can just tell that he knows he has the dream job by getting to draw jedi all day And you can see that reflect in the pages of the comic book um to to be honest he he could have talked with us all stinking day and had i not you know had mark not been getting up super early and had i not been like literally almost 24 houring it trying to stay alive to keep going oh man that next day was terrible i slept for five hours then went to a Target, and it was like I was blackout drunk because I couldn't even, like, function at all. (laughs) Sarah's, like, moving me away from wine bottles from not, like, running into them because I'm just so all over the place. But it it was a blast, and uh, I can't wait to talk to him again.
0: No, I I need to read that comic, and um, I know we're going to talk about uh, Light of the Jedi later in the show, but I will say one thing I definitely want and need is more um visual language of what this new universe is so i I need to pick up the comics to really be able to contextualize that but that that's that's no spoilers that's just me so i I need to really pick it up and uh give it a read but no i i was really interested to to hear about it and i mean he sounds like a super cool dude and maybe the next time he's on i can join
1: absolutely um so with another final bit of news this came out a couple days ago um Kevin Feige has, uh, you know, we we heard about the Kevin Feige produced Star Wars film. I think around late 2019, and just like the Ryan Johnson trilogy, which is <clears throat> not going to happen, um, we kind of thought that maybe that wasn't happening anymore after hearing about Taika taking a, or doing a film. You know, Kevin's Kevin Feige's produced Star Wars film kind of disappeared, kind of went away. So I just presumed. It was all gone well that's not true um because they got a new writer for or they didn't have a writer but they they hired a writer for the star wars the kevin feige star wars film and it's the loki miniseries writer let me pull up his name because i'm unprofessional and i had the wrong thing clicked up um let's see But we had gotten a writer announced, uh, and I believe it's Peter Dinklage's brother. Um, shoot, where is it? Let's see. Written by Michael Waldron. So he's going to be doing the um, the Kevin Feige Star Wars film. He's also set to be doing the Loki miniseries. And he's uh, already penned the Doctor Strange 2 multiverse into madness. Um, so clearly Disney is very, very happy with them since he has written two things for them already and they already have him slated. Sam, do you have any opinions on this one? It's it's kind of a big deal because it's, you know, it's showing us that there's we're moving forward with the Kevin Feige film, which makes me very happy because, you know, in the next couple of months, you'll hopefully hear about a director soon, which is really, really exciting. But as far as the writer themselves, do you have any opinion on it?
0: Not really. Um, I feel like I'm... I, as bad as it sounds, because this is how it's kind of been with a lot of Star Wars projects, I forgot about it. Like, that's how... Kind of... Uh, like, I don't want to say abandoned, but, like, you just... If something isn't, like, hot, it just kind of fades away. Like, again, like the Rean Johnson trilogy that, again, they just refuse to say isn't happening, yet they still keep claiming it is. So I had kind of forgot that still this was supposed website. to still be supposed to still be happening. You know, I'm excited because I think right now what we need out of Star Wars is to work. Um, you know, and this this kind of echoes the game is that like we need to work a little bit on the, small, the smaller side of the projects because that's where I feel like you can really get deep and passionate into it and then build back up to the the big silver screen. Now, it's it's hard to say what, you know, I I do believe people are still going to go out to movie theaters after all this. Like, I just do. But, um, you know, it's interesting to see how the movie and entertainment industry is shifting. So I feel like with a lot of these projects, they're having to kind of pause and think and make sure that what they're doing makes sense because of just how we're consuming media differently but i'm excited for this because you know we know he can do great stuff and they they seem to be really happy with what they're doing with their um all their disney plus projects so if they're happy with what he did for the the loki series that they're making for that and um then it, it's all good signs to me
1: yeah, I mean, he, here is the thing: the the movie, the state of the movie industry, is uh, a podcast in itself. One that I've done a lot of research about. Um, and when Warner Brothers decided to move all their movies to HBO Max, they didn't vet with their directors, and that caused a a, a shitstorm in Hollywood. But a lot of the things with Disney, uh, especially with their marketing meeting where we got all those awesome announcements about Star Wars, they specifically said. On a lot of these things that these are going to be theatrical release rogue squadron is going to be theatrical taiko atiti's star wars is going to be theatrical and as long as i mean disney is the biggest movie company out there i mean warner brothers is pretty big but disney uh they don't even come close and if disney's dumbling down on movie theaters one because you know i understand subscribers. And I understand the way that model works, and it can be very successful. But when you're talking about making $3 billion or $2 billion or even $1 billion, that's that's a lot of cheddar to make you know, that on your movie and then putting it on your streaming for everybody to watch. That's still getting subscribers. You're getting that same kind of thing. And Disney has doubled down on the movie theater business, and I hope so, because I think, personally, You know, I'm not a. um, I I think once these vaccines roll out, those who want to take it will take it and feel safe. Those who don't want to take it won't take it, and they're probably still living their regular lives and probably never, you know, did anything to help themselves, or maybe they just decided they wanted to come back. I don't know. That's for every family and home to decide, do their thing. But my point is. Those who have the option to take a vaccine will want to go... I, in theory, I at least for me, I, I'm going to want to go back out and live my life again. You know, the the reason I'm taking the vaccine is so I don't give it to anybody else. That That's for me. But after that, I'm going back out and I'm living my life and I'm sorry. And movie theater is going to be the first thing that I go to because I. that's my place.
0: I have heard, and it's going to be really interesting to live and watch this, that... And this is getting a bit bigger than Star Wars, but but bear with me that we're in store for a second Roaring Twenties. Like, I think people who have, you know, some have been better than others, who have been home this past year and just wanting to do something. The entertainment industry is going to be banging. And so people are going to want to go out to the movies. They're going to want to go out and go bowling and go uh i don't know mini golfing like we, we we've had, this is going to be the most extreme cabin fever and like you know party wanting to party wanting what am i saying you know wanting to get out and do stuff like party blue balls basically and so i really feel like this is you know i feel like for a lot of companies they're they're kind of just trying to make it and s- because they know that when they get to the other side of this you're gonna have a a ravenous populace wanting to have fun and do fun things so i think yeah the movies thinking about it more there's gonna be a place for movies you know there's gonna be a place for that absolutely
1: yeah i mean and you know the warner brothers business is a whole different thing but you know, good on Disney for doubling down with movie theaters because I do agree with you, Sam. I mean, I think once this thing is clear and passed, and I'm not saying May, uh, they're projected to say that March, April, May, we're going to see a lot different turn in even just our, our normal lives. And I, I pray to the force that that's true, but I'm thinking at the very latest by October, dude, people are going to be licking every doorknob they see at a bar. Like, people are just going to be so happy To be around people and I know like you know part of my thing is when we both you know when stuff clears up the first thing I'm doing is going up to Chicago and me and you are going on the biggest brew tour ever we're going to get Jake back in and it's going to be a shit show but it's going to be a lot of fun and I can't wait and I, I do agree with you with that and that's why there's a lot of excitement going around the movies now because everybody's right on the edge of we're almost in line for the roller coaster we're not there yet but we're so ready to ride front seat that when it comes crashing, it's it's really, it's really going to come crashing. So with that being said, guys, that is a lot of the news for this time around with Sith Talk. Um, obviously, next week, you know, you got Clashing Sabers, the regular show coming out, the main show. Um, to get more news, whatever happens from a week from now or whatever, you'll hear about it from them. But for now, me and Sam, now it's been talked about. Over multiple Clashing Saber show, but listen, me and Sam don't care because me and Sam don't get to see each other anymore, so you know, mommy and daddy need to have a little playtime and we want to talk we the do. Mandalorian season finale. Um, Sam, I, I want you to take this one right away. What what were your thoughts or what was your experience? I, I find with the Mandalorian, since everybody generally loves it and we can't wait to talk about stuff, I generally want to know if people like what what were you doing? In the episode, like in the episode,
0: uh, well, my first watching, like all the Mandalorian watchings I do, was um, you know, it was very early in the morning, and I was just sitting there. And you know, the episode really has a lot of stages, like, you know, you think about how the intensity and how awesome it is in the beginning when you've got Boba Fett and Bo Katan just dishing back and forward, all this heat, like, oh, don't you mean you know, he my, my father. Was a Mandalorian. She's like, Oh, don't you mean your donor? And I'm just waiting for, Oh, in the background. So, like, just where it starts is already at an awesome place. And it just kept going to that next level. And I mean, I'm going to cut to the chase. When the X Wing screamed by, I just, I knew. And that's because we're we're not so super fans. But I remember just thinking to myself, how many stripes, how many stripes are on that X wing? And like, I wanted to pause, and I'm like, I couldn't ruin like the suspense, the moment. But I'm like, it has to be. And then you just see that black cloak, and I'm like, oh my god, 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 oh my god. Because like, green lightsaber, Luke is one of my like, I've always like the blue lightsaber is cool, but like, I don't know if there's any more. Badass Luke moment and like that return of the Jedi feel, that confident Luke. And as that was happening, you just, it was, I mean, it was just nerd porn. It was just like raw ecstasy of, you, you know, we, I understand, and we're not about to have this conversation, why narratively they chose what they chose to do for Luke in the sequels. And that that feeling but getting to actually feel that 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 Luke Skywalker that we we know and love was absolutely unreal and I just I mean I can go on and on about it but like it was it was surreal like I couldn't believe what I was watching and the fact that like I was just thinking of every excuse for them not to do it as they went by and it's funny my wife had the same reaction like when Literally, it was so obvious that it was Luke. She's like, it can't be, it just can't be. Like, it was literally like every part of you had to be like, they're they're messing with us. It's gonna pull on the hood, and it's gonna be some other dude. Like, they're like this, this. They aren't. You know, this isn't possible. Yeah, we know it's possible, but it was just such an. In- it, and the funny thing is, it's the most logical choice. He of course is the most powerful Jedi out there. Of course, he's looking for students. We shouldn't be surprised. But it still was unreal to be there and experience that so i mean the show delivered on such a cool suspenseful big moment that could easily so quickly have been deemed fan servicey or weird or dumb and it was just incredible The, the the parallels between luke and darth vader and like like, even though, you know, he's obviously a lights in individual, like the family resemblance there, the the callbacks to that, like it's like the, to so the rogue one sequence for Vader. It, I mean, it just, how, how can you not love it? And it, I think that was the main thing is it was just so perfect that I rewatched that sequence just multiple times, just that. And it was just, if, if there was something the Mandalorian nailed this season, it was the tricky moments they nailed getting Ahsoka to look and feel right nailed it bringing in Luke nailed it and so I mean I'm rambling now but it was funny because a lot of people came up to me and they go wow it's crazy the Mandalorian ended like that I'm like it's not over and they're like are you sure that really felt like a series end and it's like no we, there's there's a lot of stories to left there but no I just I can't get over how cool that whole the whole thing was it was just for for Ten minutes, I was a kid again, and that's the power of Star Wars.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say that, I would say that the Mandalorian is the most Star Wars thing that's ever come out in my lifetime. Like, I'm talking about just something that's adherently Star Wars. Not, I mean, Night's the Old Republic is always going to be my favorite thing that ever came out, but the Mandalorian captures the entire that that's that episode alone captures. The entire essence and feel of what Star Wars is Star Wars is about the Empire versus the rebellion Star Wars is about the Jedi versus the Empire and trying to get the Jedi back the it's about lineage and legacy and family and friends and fighters against the greater evil um, and that that captured everything but to, to kind of like go back to your Luke thing I doubled down here on Sith talks and so when we were talking about the jedi i all but said no way it's luke there's no freaking way it's luke because how are you going to do it you're not going to spend the money to do the you know the face the mocap and stuff like that you're not going to bring sebastian stan back in there you know it's it's way too soon it's way too soon for sebastian stan to come in as luke i i don't know how you do it but they did and what was crazy was when I was watching it, I was watching it with my buddy Colton, and uh, as I did almost every week, and you know I knew the Jedi was coming, but the moment I saw the X-wing, it, it like barely clicked. Like, oh, it, I, I was just like, they're not gonna do. do oh shit, they what? Uh, is that a is that a? That's a black hood. That's a black hood. And even then, I still didn't think it was him. I thought I was just doing something. A Jedi used the X Wing or, or whatever, but it was like literally denial until I saw that green lightsaber in his hand and I knew it. And it went from like, it felt like the Super Bowl because when you see the X Wing, you put your hand up against your face. And then as it's going, you start gasping. And then you see the lightsaber and, you know, cover your ears, children. I was screaming, FUCK YES! Fuck, yes! And then you get to his uh, his speaking parts, um, which got the job done, you know? It, it, it's not like... I don't understand why people are nitpicking the, the look of it all, because if you look at it, it, it does look too perfect, but, like, it totally sold the moment that it needed to sell. It totally gave you Luke Skywalker back, and it totally looked like, you know almost the real damn thing and I would argue that it looks way better than Rogue One Leia like it looked really good it felt good Mark Hamill was there so they had his blessing in that and it went from screaming to, to you know tears and like honestly I, I rewatched it with uh, Star Wars Theory on his little YouTube thing he does a watch that you can press play at the same time and that magic of Of what Star Wars was. I mean, me and my buddy sat after the end of the episode and talked about Star Wars for an hour. He wanted to know everything. So, you know, he started the Clone Wars. He's on Rebels now. He's starting Light of the Jedi. And we were just talking about the new shows coming out and what we were excited for most and how we were pulled in five different directions. And I'll tell you, Sam, like, this time last year, I did not feel this way. I felt like the Rise of Skywalker has a potential to make me... Uh, Make me feel satisfied as a fan because the other ones, you know, I didn't get my Jedi fix. I didn't get this type of fix. And now with all these shows, with the High Republic, you know, the Acolyte, Ahsoka, like, I finally feel like I'm getting to enjoy every part of Star Wars and I'm not lacking on anything. And that's what The Mandalorian has to offer.
0: Yeah, it's... I feel like I could pick a different part of the episode and just say, oh, it was perfect. I mean, we can talk about the heartfelt moment with, you know, Din and Grogu where he's like, oh, he doesn't want to go with you. And then he's like, no, he's looking for your consent. And, you know, I I think that the the, uh, thought went to every part of that episode and the series. Like, even things where I didn't think it was going to pay off, it did. So it's 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 just incredible. I mean like I am I my wife and I talked about it and I said kind of crazily I believe the Mandalorian is the greatest piece of Star Wars medium they've ever made. Um like Empire's great. Empire's really good. That's a tight knit story and that's a little different, but I feel like as an overall thing and I understand what builds into Mandalorian to make it so great. But the fact is people who don't have that that catalog of references for someone like Boba Fett or Bo Katan or what the Darksaber really means or Ahsoka you know all that that backstory and yet they can still have that same impact and feeling just goes to show how incredibly successfully done this series was and I I I can't wait to see what else they do with it I'm excited that they announced all these shows that are really going to create kind of like a a Mandalorian verse a Filoni verse I mean really that's what it is like he has taken every project he's gotten and made every project better with the next thing he makes whether it was Clone Wars and the Rebels or the Rebels into this it's he knows how to make great characters and great stories tie all together and honor what Star Wars is so it's like I don't know it's it's incredible
1: yeah, I mean, I definitely don't feel I've never felt, maybe aside from the Old Republic, because you guys, for for those of you listening, the, the Old Republic is just always, not the MMO, the Knights of the Old Republic video games, one and two, I will never I will never turn away from those movie, or those uh, video games as being my favorite piece of Star Wars fandom, I just can't. But, is the Mandalorian better than those, does it capture everything that's Star Wars? Yes, I think from a film standpoint the Mandalorian is the best thing since Empire Strikes Back and it it, it just it, it absolutely is it's because you have the right people but you know you've guys heard us talk about the Mandalorian series finale uh, across multiple shows and me and Sam are obviously going to be talking about this one again um, but I have two questions for you Sam um, now that Din Djarin has uh, the Darksaber. Will... Will we be seeing Grogu again in Season 3? And do you think Din will eventually become the ruler ruler of Mandalore or not?
0: You will see Grogu again. And I have a story reason and I have In Season a- 3. Yes. You will. Okay. I mean, here... You want to know the honest answer of why I say yes, because someone in a marketing department is just going, oh, my God, you can't. (laughs) That's that's the real answer. But story wise, I feel like the story of the series so far, when you really boil it down, is about two two individuals in the galaxy coming together to fill a void in each other's hearts as a father and son. That's that's really what the story of The Mandalorian has been. And now, the next chapter really has to deal with what happens when that goes away again. Um, the story of Mandalore is not done, and I believe it'll absolutely be critical. I, I mean, Bo-Katan is, I think, the low-key most important character in Mandalorian right now. Um, I think she and Katie Sackhoff are are going to be, like I said, the most important characters. I think she's going to become an incredibly pivotal character. She's just too perfect to not use and not be in this story. So I, I really feel like she's going to be the one that kind of is the, the thing that ties it all together for season three. And, and why is that? It's because of the Darksaber. We we need to resolve this now her her whole story has been you know her trying to justify herself and prove her worth and now you know people are like oh well how come she didn't take the dark saber it was right there he gave it to her it's like no you have to understand this is a woman who her whole life has been about proving and justifying herself and you know she was just handed the dark saber by sabine and i'm sure that's something that absolutely wrangles her and and frustrates her as a character because she wants to prove that she is the ruler of mandalore that she can be like or better than her sister and that she can be someone that her people can look to and trust so she is going to be so important going forward in the story i mean that's really where this is if, if we weren't going to have more Groku, this is going to be the story of, I mean, frankly, Din v. Bo-Katan, or Din and Bo-Katan, because I think my favorite meme I've seen out there is, you know, it's her with the, you know, it's the classic meme template of one face and then a second face where it's like, you know, fight Din Djarin in a battle for the Darksaber, and she's kind of looking serious, and it says, marry Din Djarin, and then she's kind of going like, oh, like... <laughs> I don't know about that, but it's... She is the most important character in the whole series right now. Like, I don't want to say nothing is more important than her. Obviously, again, Grogu will be back. It it just will. It just will. That's the story. That's literally the whole story. You can't not have Grogu in there again. Like, sure, maybe half the series, they're split. They will real night. It's going to come back around. I promise, guys. But... 100%.
1: 100%. Yeah, 100%. And I, I I, definitely don't think they would ever get married. I know I know, you were just talking about Amin. I'm a meme. Just joking. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because Bo-Katan is the baddish, baddest girl in the galaxy. Like, she ain't marrying nobody for the top spot. She's going to probably kick Din Djarin's ass and take it. I mean, if I were to theorize, I would theorize that he doesn't... Want to be the ruler of Mandalore, and I don't. I think he'll learn more about Mandalore. We'll definitely see Mandalore next season, um, but I I don't think that's what he wants. And I, you know, a lot of story arcs, you know, they they always give the character show them a little something that they they don't know they want, and then they want it, and then you know they they accept their destiny. I don't think this is that story. I think Din Djarin is, uh, you know. I I don't think he wants to rule Mandalore and I think that Bo-Katan won't accept the sword unless she kicks his ass in front of everyone and I think that's might it might be what it takes and maybe he does you know end up beating her and then now he's stuck with something he doesn't want you know for sure and I I agree with you I think Grogu's definitely coming back it's too much of a marketing and you know with as big as Baby Yoda was, because Baby Yoda has taken over the, the world. Everybody was enjoying The Mandalorian until the very end. You see this child, and then Baby Yoda took over by storm immediately. You're not letting that go away, but this is a fun random thought. Could you imagine if, like, let's say Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni are, like, super confident, and they're like, oh, yeah, Grogu was so awesome. Baby Yoda, you, you want to do it again? And they make a, a baby Plo Clune. It's like this <laughs> ugly ass baby. <laughs> Somebody's just like, no no, 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 <laughs> yeah. no, no. No, I,
0: I was hoping you go even further. It's just, it's just a baby Samuel L. Jackson played by <laughs> <laughs> surprise, <Jackson>. motherfucker. <laughs> Jedi, motherfucker. <laughs> Bappy, motherfucker. Uh, anyway, vampire, um, motherfucker. Anyway, it's that's it's you, you can't not um. I mean, I sound bad saying this. Like, you're just—we're not getting rid of Goku, Grogu, guys. We're just not. Like, don't like—I don't want to say don't worry because that makes me sound like—it's—it's the story. They're—they're gonna make it work. I have faith. It will be there. He, the child, Grogu. You know.
1: Right. So, um, guys, that'll be it for Mandalorian talk right now. So, um. What we're gonna do is we are going to get into the first novel of the High Republic, Charles Soul, the long-awaited Charles Soul novel, kicking off this whole High Republic thing, Light of the Jedi. Um, if you have not read the book and or do not want to be spoiled, it's time for you to leave, for now.
0: Yeah, you yeah. know, close your tab. And we'll see you next week. And get out.
1: <laughs> close, close, close your tab. Go on and get but hey before you get make sure you check out our clashing sabers patreon we are now doing a giveaway to where if you donate you might get some really awesome shit and that money that you give to us will um it's it's allowing us to get books for kids which is what started this whole thing for me was reading star wars books and that eventually got me into everything else um and you could be funding a new generation of jedi reading these books. so definitely check that out. Check out the Instagram page. Uh, I run Clashing Sabres Instagram page. I, I also help run Sith Talks Instagram page. You can find me at talk 25 and Sam. Where can they find you?
0: Uh, I haven't really been super active on my personal accounts, but go uh, follow Great Lakes Sim Racing Wednesday nights, nine o'clock Eastern on Captain TV. I racing cheer on the Sith Talk ninety nine truck driven by William Calhoun. Seriously, if if you are listening today, and it should be Wednesday if everything goes correctly, um, tonight is our, our our opener for season three. You want to cheer on the Sith Talk ninety nine? And guess what? If the Black Horizon twenty two driven by myself does great. Awesome, but here we're going to say go go 99 truck because that's Keith, and he's the one that says Sith talking to his truck. Outside of the podcast, we can debate which truck we want to root for, but here it's all about Keith. All he, right, he's guys. He's going by now, his William
1: now, so yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Now, you have been warned. We are now going to start talking Light of the Jedi. So here we go. Charles Soul, Light of the Jedi. Sam, how do you feel about Light of the Jedi?
0: Okay, I'm glad I'm going first. Because oh, I I don't worry. I, I think I'm not gonna say we're gonna have opposite opinions, but I think we're gonna we're gonna balance nicely. Um I think that this book was interesting. I think this book was ambitious. I think this was this book was an interesting foray into part of the star wars story i didn't know i needed to explore however my i'm gonna start with the grade i'd give the book and that sounds weird to say but i'm doing it this book for me is a b it's a b it's a fun ride that has lots of potential but admittedly i got a little lost here and there They introduce a lot of new stuff in this book, and I'm glad that they did. I'm glad that this book wants to be big because I remember when we when we were listening to the old you know the the old can the early books in the new canon. The one big gripe we had that was that they never they never did anything big in the old books. You know what I mean? Um, They just they didn't they didn't have stuff that had scope. It was always tiny stories, niche stories, tiny stories. And that is something this, this story does not have an issue with. It is big. It literally is talking about, you know, hyperspace lanes and how the, the galaxy is changing. My only thing was, and this is something that maybe I was just, this is something that'd be better as a, a, a read as opposed to a listen. I don't know, but I caught myself getting lost every now and then. That's not to say it wasn't a good story because i do believe it was and charles soul painted an amazing picture and i don't want my i don't am gonna call it an aptitude confusion to to sully that because it was great but i know that um i had some moments where i think i got a little um lost overall lots of amazing new concepts a fun new universe i absolutely need to read the comic because i think the other thing i'm struggling with is since this is new this is new with every other star wars thing we've ever really watched or seen it's established there's a flavor there's a tone there's a style and this is brand new this is crazy because so much of this is i don't call it foreign but you know even the You know the old Republic stuff really just looked like Star Wars, and they just called it old. Where this is supposed to have a different flavor and feel, a little bit. You know, it's the past, and it actually feels like the past. Um, Overall, B. But I'm I'm not complaining. It was just, I think I need to re-listen to it again because maybe I got lost somewhere because there was a lot of characters and a lot of concepts and not a lot of time. What did you think, Zach?
1: I will say that. I will say that you are not wrong in the the beginning. In the beginning, it is a lot. And to anybody reading, um, anybody thinking about reading it, um, you know, it, I wouldn't let that be a thing that stops you because I felt like it was a lot at the beginning being thrown at you. But like when I would stop listening and on my breaks, I'd be kind of thinking about the books, the book or whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, this, this and this happened by this, this and this okay, I'm a little confused on what character did this, but I understand how this happened. Like, I was getting the major stuff of the book, even though it was jumping around. It has a lot to introduce. This book opens up with, like, literally almost a bang. It it, it literally does. There's no... It it doesn't let up at all. And I feel like once you get deeper into the book, especially past the first part, it breathes more and you definitely get an understanding for these characters as the time goes on. And so I think, I think with you, a beast fair. This is why I love, this is why I love the high Republic, specifically the light, uh, light of the Jedi. Um, I'm mostly done with test of courage now, but specifically light of the Jedi. It is not the old Republic. And I have said, well, you know, and, and I'm sure most of you listening, Oh, why, why is it not old Republic? Here's why. Because Disney made the sequel trilogy and brought in Han, Luke, and Leia and gave us all expectations. And while you say you don't, if you do the High Republic, you're, if they do the High Republic, you're going to have expectations. You just are. Is Revan coming? Is Revan not coming? What Jedi? What Sith Lords? Is the Star Forge going to be in it? You're going to have expectations. And there are expectations to the Old Republic. Hell, I have them. There's a standard that we want. The High Republic is a completely unthought-of time for the Jedi, a time where they're prosperous, a time where our, the government is unified. God, don't you wish you would have had that? Um, you know, right about now. Um, uh-huh. And it's the Jedi working on exp- the Jedi and the Republic working on expanding. And what I I love about this is the hope that I feel and the characters that are written because it's very easy to blend jedi together to to make them feel like the same character kind of you know because they're jedi they're high and mighty and they're this and that every jedi feels a lot different than the jedi right next to them and they they go into detail he goes into detail of explaining why they're different Um, Not to mention that it's nice hearing um, a unified government that's trying to work together to create a better life for everyone. And I'm not getting political here. That's not my job. I don't like to get political. But it's still nice to hear and it's refreshing every five minutes when you hear them say, we are all the republic. It's a good reminder that we are all the republic. We're all trying to be there. And that's the slogan. That gives so much hope in that. But I think the biggest thing going into the High Republic was Charles Soule's creativity to create a disaster, the great disaster, while not creating another super weapon. If you think about it, the way he did that was so genius because how many times has there been a super weapon? Even the All old the republic time. even the old republic has a Starforge, which is an unlimited factory that can make these army machines for everyone. Even they have this. But the uh, resurgent is it, what is it? Resurgence? Emergences. 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 Yeah. But the idea that a ship could crash during hyperspace and send these pieces of debris out to random uh, planets and systems and potentially kill a lot of people. Created a big scope that got the Jedi's attention that would be a very big, you know, blockbuster moment, even if it's just a book, while also being very smart, new, and creative to Star Wars. It's so new. It's something that I've never really heard of outside of the Rebels episode where Hera shoots Kanan out of the hyperspace, but he was driving a little tiny ship. This is big debris from a shuttle, and it's shooting at random places. That was so... So original and so refreshing to create the scope. The second thing was, how do you do the High Republic without Sith? I mean, who's going to fight the Jedi? And while the Nile looked cool in the opening trailers, you know, the, the space Viking thing was not good enough for me. I was not going to take that at its word. Because while, you know, I love a bunch of people kicking each other's ass all day... I have to understand the villain, and I have to, I have to get behind them. That's part of the fun, is finding out about these villains. And no, I mean, the Nile is a very smart concept in the sense that they're exactly what you think they are, but they don't know that that's about to change. Marcion Rowe is a very good villain, and I got a lot of Kylo Ren vibes from him, but just a little bit more. Uh, twisted, sick hes I get a very creepy, twisted vibe From him And I get this sense of confidence That Kylo didn't have While also this sense of just Total evil That wants to take over and has a plan He actually has a plan As opposed to Kylo And I'm not talking shit about Kylo I'm just saying He's sick, he's twisted He's got these expectations He's got a legacy but he knows what he wants to do with it, and the manipulation between the the Nile and him manipulating his generals in this army was so beautiful in this book that I I have such a respect for the Nile and what they're gonna do for um, for countless times.
0: Yeah, no, he he had amazing character development and building intention. tension. I really think that. The villains of this story, quote unquote, you know, villains. You know, the the Nile characters were very interesting to be with and follow. Um, not that the Jedi weren't interesting or any of the the senators or aides and stuff like that, but the Nile was such a different, new thing. It was a lot of fun to kind of live in that space. Um, I was curious if you thought, because I thought the Nile was an interesting name, because they could have named him anything, you know, but. Um, because Ni- that name, you know, Nile has such a, a close proximity to like Darth Nihilus, that I'm just curious if, you know, and there's a lot of mask talk and a lot of that kind of thing. It's like, it's just it's it, it was an interesting parallel, and I was more curious on your thoughts because I feel like that's more of your speed and, 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 and area of expertise. But it was, it was an interesting ride, and I'm I'm very intrigued to see where they take it because it, it is such a different place to be for star wars because you have these jedi who are i mean it's kind of in the vein of like in the past you had these people who are artisans of their trade because there was less technology so people had to be really really good at the task they had to be great because there was no machine so like the way they describe the the craft as being so force-controlled and not that the you know the ships of the clone wars didn't have that but the way that like i love the idea that the lightsaber is a part of the key and like the 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 ship will kind of like have an ambient glow internally of the color of the lightsaber and how of course it makes sense to have a ship that has kind of like partial power of a kyber crystal they're incredibly powerful duh like i never thought of that um but there was a lot of fun inventive concepts that they they did in this that i really enjoyed so again bravo to um charles soul on that but um yeah, there, there was just so many different flavors that I wasn't expecting to get that I really thoroughly enjoyed in this story. Um, again, I know it, that sounds weird to say that I still, after all that, that I'm giving it a B, I think that merely boils down to the simple fact of just trying to keep up with the story and everything that's happening. That's the only reason i give it a B.
1: But but it is a lot. To be fair, it is. The, the, the only reason I would be willing to give it more of an A is obviously I'm the Jedi guy, I'm the Force guy, I am I've been looking forward to this ever since it got got announced and this is like literally revitalized my love for Star Wars like I am eating this High Republic stuff up as fast as I can get it but you are right about the pacing um, about the Nihilist I, yeah that's a really good comparison uh, with with the Nihil with uh, Darth Nihilist and you know the end of the book He kind of says that his family is from something, but he doesn't ever say it. So, I don't know. There's a lot of intrigue around Marcy and Roe. There's a lot of intrigue about these space maps. I mean, they're essentially taking back road maps, and they kind of are using what I'm assuming is something like kind of Dune, because Dune had these... um, these people that would take dust and, and would navigate them through space. And that's how they got through. And that's kind of the same concept they use here with this. Uh, I forget the, the, the woman's name. It starts with an M. It's not Marcion. It's like Margaret or something. It's, it's the woman he's with. Yeah. Um, I'm, bl- I'm and, blanking
0: on it right now.
1: And she has force abilities to, uh, You know, essentially find these new map map charts, you know, the new way that's that's kind of how she develops these underground roads that get him jobs. And I thought that was a very unique, um, unique thing. And I I think just everything about this timeline, it's not only innovative, it is groundbreaking with villains and characters and even uh, the starlight, you know, beacon is such a beautiful concept. The idea that the, the Jedi have their own headquarters with the Republic out in the Outer Rim is beautiful. It's very age of heroes. And and the, the thing with this book is it is very age of heroes, but it is also messed up. We leave the book with Loden uh, Greatstorm in a really f- messed up situation, and this is where Marcion doubles down, Because the book makes you believe that he's just the boss's son stepping into a role, but as you learn more about him, you understand that he's smart, and he knows what he's doing. And I guess the only thing that I could say about this book is everything that it introduced, the the dilemma, the bad guys, the Jedi, the characters, the technology, the premise, it was a lot, but it was beautiful, and it was it was some of the most original things I've seen Star Wars do. And I think for you, Sam, now that we get these characters, I think it's going to be a lot easier to breathe. So I would like to ask you if you can, uh, this is a little bit like, you know, putting you on the spot. And if you don't, if you don't remember the character's name, that's fine. There's a lot of them, but what would be maybe one or two of your favorite characters in this new book?
0: favorite characters um see but i feel like favorite and interesting are two very different things favorite and
1: interesting so pick one of each
0: interesting marcian absolutely he's his it's funny i was trying to figure out like okay side note everyone zach and i are audible guys um least i i know i was auditing this book i know zach actually has a hard cover in front zach has the hard cover in front of him right now but we do audible um mark thompson killed on like his narration was amazing for this so shout out mark always does great 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 work the voice he gave marcion was straight up and now i'm forgetting his name he's the guy who who um gives the uh the best guard at Dindigarn at the very beginning of uh, season one, where he talks very much like this.
1: Oh man, how am I how am I forgetting oh, his name? Yeah. Everyone's uh, yelling at Holana, us right now. I'm I'm Googling this. Um, um keep going.
0: Anyways, he's he's very kind of articulate and smart but just almost too awkward for his own nature but when he dials it to 11 it goes from this awkward clumsiness to this fierce intensity and it's this very su- oh and there's this great twist in the middle where the um the the jedi are trying to rescue this family that's being captured and they get this anom- anonymous tip and it's from marcion and he totally uses his voice where he's like, hey, there's something going on. And you realize he's been pulling all the strings. Like, um, I can't remember that. I'm forgetting everything right now. I'm too tired. Werner um, Herzog. Very much like Werner Herzog. Yes, we must be the Nile. Like, it's, it's it was a great voice choice for him. So I think he was the most interesting character. Um, favorite? Uh, boy favorite character um i'm struggling here now um i'm trying to think of the it's one of the 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 hench people for marcion it's the guy who's the uh oh ah
1: wow you're you're making me look back at this book i am i am am struggling with yeah
0: uh, I, I don't I feel wow. really weird calling him my favorite, but like he was such a almost comedic relief because he was I don't want to call him predictable, but like just every time he came out there, it was just raw chaos. And again, like the, the villains of this story really were the standouts for me um, for getting the story forward. Not that the Jedi weren't interesting. It was just they were a little more predictable where the villains were a lot of fun. So they they those are my two picks. What about you?
1: Um well, I I would th- I do want to jump on that and I I know it's getting late and we have plenty of time to talk about this, but I do want to jump off a little bit. I did love the fact that the actual henchmen like the leaders of the Nile were as predictable as you would think space Vikings are because it made Marcion Roe and his character that much more impactful because these are chaotic beings, but you can't, you can't. To me, it's very hard to tell a story like a story where the main villain is a pure evil, chaotic evil. You need some law in there, some code, and I feel like the Nile are these hungry, blood ravenous bastards. But if they could be united with Marcion on and his code, whatever that may be, because we still don't know, that's what makes them so interesting. They're basically these, these ravenous dogs that are being held by a strong leader and pointed in the right direction so that when they're pointed there, they go at it. But they have that leader to bring them in and pull them forward. That's what I like. My, my favorite character is Porter the idea of some old ass Jedi man that will make you delicious ass breakfast and beat your ass in the afternoon and scare the living shit out of you because you're so great even at an old age. that was my favorite character. The moment that they were saying uh, that um, I th- that um, they were saying that they were generally scared of Porter now that they had seen him with his lightsaber out and they had heard the legends of Porter the the bladesman that's when I was like oh shit I love this guy I will say most intriguing you're definitely right Marcion Rowe is so intriguing because he's so inherently evil and you still have no idea the, the, the book literally winks at everything about him it's like his family was from something dot 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 wink 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 but I will say I got a thing for Avar Chris man I mean blondes with a green lightsaber you know really come on can he get any better and her her ability as a confident Jedi master and her force powers of basically battle meditation is, is she has this calmness and collectiveness about her but she's a fierce Jedi and a good warrior and then the end where you find out she you know kind of has something going on with Stellan you know, a, a romantic relationship that they had, you know, it hints that they had had a romantic relationship when they were Padawans and they justified that that was okay because they were younger. And, you know, her at the end saying, was it a mistake to be around me, you know, this much? And, you know, him saying no. It definitely makes me believe that we're, we're going to see more out of that. And I think the most exciting thing to wrap up my opinions about the High Republic is the epicness you see in the artwork and the concept art of this and the scope that you believe this, this book, a book, Star Wars book can't have this much scope. It has scope. It has story. It has characters. It has twisted evil that goes there. I mean, some of the stuff can get as dark as the Bane books, but it has hope and it carries hope at the center of it. And the most exciting thing about it is it's not the old Republic. It is a new story that we're all along for the ride for. And I think that is the most important thing about the High Republic is we have no clue what is going to happen to any of these characters and we have the best writers writing these characters.
0: I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think that's... Guys, don't let me deter you from this book. I think
1: it's... But you're not, though. You're fair. And I think it's important.
0: What I was going to say, though, is, is that what's exciting and daunting about this series, and I want this to be very clear as we wrap up, is it's a lot of work to be introduced to a new universe that's kind of the comfort of star wars is that you can kind of jump into it and you know where you're at it's easy to get oriented a lot of your big characters are the same your big planets are the same you, you know your space and what's going on what's exciting about this is that it's all new so definitely really give it a try really give it a listen don't let uh, again i gave it a b just because it's a lot but to make a universe feel like a universe you need a lot so thank you again for listening to sith talk i know we we kind of had a longer break off that was just because the holiday and then zach and i each did two different shows independently but the boys are back talking some sith so don't you worry you know don't turn that dial we'll be here again two wednesdays from now you know where to find us here at clashing sabers again let us reiterate please 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 um go check out the uh Remind me of the name again of the raffle we're doing, Zach. I'm totally blanking on the name. Oh,
1: um, yeah, we are doing shit, dude. You got me off guard now. Ooh, I, I totally close. I totally close. Return the of the Reader, right? Return of yes, the yes. Return of the Reader. We're doing Return of the Reader, which is donating books to kids who don't have Star Wars books. We're we're trying to get books in the hands of kids who don't have Star Wars books. So any donation you make. You get a chance to win a some awesome stuff. You know, some stuff signed by Seriously Vanessa Marshall. Cool stuff. Yeah, no, the stu- they went all out trying to get the, the best stuff for you guys to jump on board with. So definitely, um, definitely make a donation. Help a kid get a Star Wars book in his hand. And maybe you might get something else in your hand that possibly might be signed by Vanessa Marshall. Guys, that is the episode of Sith Talk. We can't wait to talk with you more about The High Republic because, honestly, I don't think me and Sammy B are going to have anything small to talk about for a long time. We have so much to talk about, even in this book alone, the timelines, the Mandalorian, the new shows of Star Wars. It's a good-ass time to be a Star Wars fan, and we hope you join us next time. May the Force be with you. Always.
0: Looks like you're done talking Sith. Who? Oh, Scion, the bartender. Yeah, he's gone down a couple lovers. You're gonna venture down there? Well, there's a few things you should know before you go. Sith talk, all the Clashing Sabers Network, they ain't associated with Disney, Lucasfilm, or any of their subsidiaries. All these licensed sounds and whatnot all belong to whoever the hell they belong to. We just use them here for entertainment and educational purposes. Look, if you're unsure about something or have questions about what's what, email us at Network at gmail.com. And hey, on your way out, make sure you leave us a rating and review. Word of mouth is how people find out about this place.
1: Now, get out of the way. I got paying customers to get you. Dead eye business. Go back to your drinks.